Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. She's a fashion blogger, model, and entrepreneur. She's amazing. The latest tips on fashion, beauty, wellness, travel, and her lifestyle. And now, here's the founder and creator of Not Basic Blonde, Olasha. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Not Basic Blonde podcast. You will find this episode mind-blowing and truly inspiring because my guest is Amberly Lago, was able to turn her tragedy into the triumph. Amberly is an expert mindset coach, motivational speaker, and best-selling author. So in this episode, Amberly will be sharing her story. We also will be discussing how to resilience and create more self-love, how to find your tribe, how to step out of depression, how to gain the confidence back, how to stay motivated, and so much more. But before we dive in, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review Not Basic Blonde Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Hi, Amberly. I'm so glad to have you on my podcast. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. We were just talking before we press record and I was telling you how much I enjoy your podcast, especially the episode with one of my friends. I stumbled across Gabby Reese, who um, we worked together years ago, and it's such a small world that we ran into each other years later when our daughter's we're horseback riding together at the same barn. And then I hear her interviewed on your show. It was such a good interview. So I just feel honored to be here. Thank you for asking me. Oh, thank you so much. It's my pleasure. Yeah, I'm honored to have you as well. And you have such an amazing story and background too. So we would love to hear more about your story. Would you please tell us more about yourself? Oh, yeah. You know, I have uh, lived in California for 30 years now. I grew up in a small town in Texas and always knew from a really young age that I wanted to move to California. I think I realized that when we used to, I grew up dancing. I started dancing when I was three and we used to go to Dallas and we got to stay in a nice hotel and and get to see and take classes from what in my eyes were the biggest stars. They were dancers from Los Angeles. And I thought, I want to do that when I grow up. I want to, you know, travel around the world dancing. And then MTV came out and we had all the music videos with the dancers. And I thought, oh my gosh, you can get paid to dance. Well, I am for sure going to pursue my careers as a dancer. And so, I, you know, I come from, there were seven of us kids. My mom sometimes worked four jobs just to put food on the table. And so if we wanted something, we had to work for it. You know, I had to, I started working at age 13. I was teaching dance and babysitting and lifeguarding, scrubbing toilets, like seriously, whatever I could do to save up enough money. And by the time I was 18, I graduated from high school and with my $1,200 that I had saved up and my little Suzuki Samurai, I packed up my car and traveled to California. And I, I say, you know, ignorance is bliss because 
I had no idea what I was getting myself into. Um, the first, you know, the first time, like night, I stayed in this like really crappy motel on Van Nuys Boulevard and there were cigarette burns in the wall. And I was like, put my suitcase against the door because I was scared even the owner of the motel would come in the room. And I woke up the next day and my the top off of my car, because I had a convertible, was stolen. And I thought, what's different? And so for the first year, because I couldn't afford to buy another top for my car, I rode around with without a top to the car. And I loved life, you know, and it was just like, I auditioned for scholarship. I was the worst dancer, you know, coming from a small town. I was like the best dancer, which wasn't saying much when I got to the big city. And um, I always say, you know, I think they let me on scholarship because they were like, okay, well, she's not very good, but she has potential. She's got heart. She's got passion. And so I had to take more classes than anybody on scholarship. But by the time scholarship ended, you know, I was, um, I got offers by three different agents. And so I, I got to do what I loved and I traveled all over the world dancing. And when I had my first child, I didn't want to travel anymore. I remember I was in Japan and I missed my daughter's first birthday. And I thought, that's it. I don't want to do that. I want to be with my daughter all the time. And so I thought, what can I do that will still bring me joy and I can make money at it? And I thought, well, I love working with people and I love fitness. And so I got certified to be a fitness trainer and built my career up to where I was earning six figures. I had several trainers that that worked for me and everything changed in the blink of an eye when I was coming home from work one day and was hit by an SUV while riding my motorcycle. And I really did not know how much this would change the whole course of my life until I woke up from a coma and they told me they were going to amputate my leg, that I had a 1% chance of saving my leg. And that 1% chance is what I really held on to. That was my glimmer of hope that got me through 34 surgeries to save my leg from amputation. And then I still hang on to hope because I was diagnosed with an incurable nerve disease as a result to the trauma. It's called complex regional pain syndrome, and it's dubbed the suicide disease because it's ranked highest on the pain scale and there's no known cure. And so that was really the beginning of my healing journey. And it's something that I deal with on an ongoing basis is chronic pain. And so through this pain, I have really discovered it's been really such a, I, I mean, I've learned so much from it. It's been my greatest teacher. And so even though it's hard to be in pain every day, it has really um, transformed my life. It's taught me to love myself, to give myself grace, and it's taught me to strengthen my resilience. And now I'm passionate about sharing all these tips and tools that I've learned along the way, because I went from, you know, losing my career, almost losing, you know, our house, we had a lien on our house to pay for $2.2 million worth of medical bills. Um, I had lost hope at one point, I had really, you know, hated myself, hated the way I looked. And through this healing journey, I have learned to embrace all my imperfections because I'm completely scarred from the hip down. My leg is deformed, my ankles fused. And throughout all this, it's really 
my intention to show others that they can heal, that they can overcome some of life's hardest challenges. And I think we're all dealing through going through a lot right now with, you know, I'm, I'm in LA and we're still pretty locked down here. In fact, I just found out that the gym just opened up today. And so I almost cried when I found out that the gym was open up because fitness has been my medicine. I really feel like when you move your body, you move your mind, it allows you to take charge of your life and and own your life again. So it's really my intention to share anything with whoever's listening right now. If, if you're struggling or feeling stuck or, you know, it's, it's hard to regain confidence if you've lost your identity with what's going on right now. So it's really my intention to give some, you know, tips that I've learned along the way, because it has definitely been a journey. You have such a strong personality. I admire you for everything that you went through. It takes a lot. How long did it take you to recover? Oh, thank you. You know what? It has taken a lot of grit. And by the grace of God, I managed to, you know, they couldn't believe that I got through the hospital with no infection. I mean, my leg was completely shattered into pieces. It was crushed and my leg was completely exposed. And there was a non-union in the bone for two years. So I was basically, when I was able to stand again, not with, you know, full weight bearing, but I was completely bedridden for about four. I was in the hospital the first time, three and a half months. And then um, at four and a half months, the doctor said that I would, you know, I could stand not full weight bearing, but I could stand. And I, you know, I went from being in the best shape of my life to being completely bedridden with bed sores and losing 20 pounds of muscle. And every day they were like, okay, we got to watch these, you know, bed sores. We got to make sure they don't get infected because I could still lose my leg at any moment. And so it is, it was really a process of, you know, having a surgery and then recovering some days, one day, some days, four months. And so it was a process of really having to go, okay, I've got to get the strongest that I can mentally, physically, spiritually to get me through this next surgery. And my last surgery was just, um, gosh, I don't even count this last surgery as a real surgery because they didn't put me under anesthesia, but I just had another surgery about three months ago. So um, it, it's, it's always an ongoing process when you have any sort uh, you know, when you're living with any sort of disease, but from, from the accident itself, it, it took about um, a year before I was completely out of my wheelchair. And then it took probably about four years before I felt strong enough to where I could share my experience with others. And, and that's something I think it's really important to share because healing is a journey and we all go at our own pace. So, you know, some people go, Oh my gosh, how do you do what you do? How do you work out when you live in pain? You know, how, how do you go speak at conferences? How do you keep showing up? And, you know, it's, it's a process of, you know, seven steps forward and sometimes 10 steps back. But the important thing is, is that you just don't give up, that you just get back up again, that you continue to take those small steps because 
those small steps add up. And I always say, you know, one step at a time, one day at a time. And, and I live by that. And it's in like, right now I'm doing a um, challenge that I started um, on Instagram. I had posted, you know, let's move our bodies for 30 minutes for 30 days in a row. And I am so blown away by the perseverance and the determination that so many people have shown up every day. And the people that are taking part in this challenge, they're the ones that are dealing with some serious pain. They have CRPS like me, or they're struggling with their sobriety, or they're dealing with challenges. And so those are the people that are coming together because I feel like community is powerful. And we have a sense of connection, um, and we have that accountability, we're able to reach our goals even, you know, faster, we feel supported. And so I think that's really important in your healing journey is to reach out and ask for help and know that you're not alone. It's definitely important. And I feel like everyone is so that everyone wants to unite because we feel like all in this craziness together right now. But definitely what you had, is just definitely a miracle that you survived and you actually healed from it. And the strongest mind you have, I I can't even explain how much I admire you for overcoming so much. It's just sometimes when someone gets sick or just you get sick, you just get upset. But being sick for like that long and having only one percent chance and actually surviving it, you must be you must train your mind to be so strong and powerful and positive that it helped you actually to heal. Well, you know what, you're, you're right. I mean, that, but not that, that I'm so strong. I mean, really, we all are it. I'm no different from anyone else out there. It just, it's tapping into, we all have resilience and it's that ability to tap into our resilience. And it's, it's going, we strengthen our mindset the same way we strengthen our body, like going, we strengthen our confidence. I mean, every time you're doing one rep in the gym, you're doing one rep to get you stronger. Every time you get back up again, you're doing another rep for your resilience. Every time you're doing that next step, you're doing your rep for perseverance. And it's really about strengthening your mindset and getting really grounded. And so when things come along, like, you know, the challenges that we all face with COVID or, or any challenges that we may face, maybe some, maybe someone who's listening right now, maybe they're, they're in a, a terrible marriage or maybe they lost their job or, or maybe they don't know how to transition their business, whatever challenge that they may face, it is really strengthening your mindset. I think it really begins with your mindset because, you know, we all have pain. It, you know, I have chronic pain, I have pain and, and, you know, whether that's heartache or, or loss or whatever that may be. I mean, my just so, you know, I say celebrate because I celebrate my stepmother's life, but I lost my stepmother to suicide not long ago. And dealing with that was such a heartache. And, and we, so we all deal with pain, you know, we don't, we all are not immune from 
adversity. It doesn't discriminate. And so the more we can strengthen our mindset, the more we're going to be able to get back on track when something comes along and derails us. And so I think the first step into doing that is to really take a look at what's going on in your life. Because I know for me, I was in denial. I did not want to accept that I was, you know, my leg was deformed and I was scarred. I mean, I was you know, my whole livelihood was fitness and fitness modeling. And I was known for my legs. And I know that may seem kind of shallow, but that's kind of where I got my self-worth. And when everything was gone, like the rug was ripped out from underneath me, I had to go really dig deep and find that my self-worth did not come from necessarily the way I looked or all I provided. It it was from who I am, just like everyone who's listening. I mean, are you are you are enough and you are worthy just as you are. And if you can do things to strengthen your resilience by being in acceptance for all that you are, that is your first step into really strengthening your mindset. Um, and acceptance is not always easy. I mean, I didn't want to accept a lot that's going on right now, but it, it is what it is. And if we can accept where we are, then we can take those first steps to make our life better. Then we can go, okay, well, what do I, this, these are the cards I've been dealt, but what can I do with these cards? And I thought, well, these are the cards I've been dealt. I've got to play the hell out of these cards if I want to have the life that I've always imagined. And so once we're in acceptance, we can start to really make a plan to take steps forward every day to reach our goals. I agree. And you also wrote this amazing book, True Grit and Grace. What is the story behind it? Um, well, you know, I never thought, I never imagined myself writing a book. I mean, actually today I was downstairs um, fixing breakfast. And I have a daughter who's, you know, we're doing virtual school. So she was sitting in front of her computer. And all of a sudden I heard her say, well, my mom wrote a book. It's called True Grit and Grace. And it's a best-selling book. And I was like, oh my goodness, who's, what, <laughs> who's my daughter talking to on Zoom? And she was talking to her English teacher and it made me so proud. And to hear my daughter's excitement about, you know, my book, that means so much to me that my daughter was proud of that. And her English teacher said, well, did you know it's National Writers Day today? And I was like, oh, I didn't know. And so I had this beautiful moment with her English teacher. And, you know, I really wanted to write a book because I believe that I didn't go through all of this for nothing. Like I, there was reason, there was purpose behind it. And I believed if... I can heal if I can overcome so much and still find joy and still find purpose and still find so much about life to treasure and so much gratitude that that other people can do the same. And so I thought I want to write a book that shows people how to train their mindset, how to train their body and how to own their life, how to make the best of their circumstances, even if their circumstances are not what they imagined, but how to turn any tragedy into triumph. And so I, I hand wrote most of my book. I didn't even own a computer and I hand wrote most of my book and then I bought a computer and typed it up. I had a publisher that was interested in it. And, and they said, um, you know, 
we publish your book, but we don't market it. So if you want to sell this book, then you're going to have to market it. Now, at the time I had about, I don't know, 400 followers on Instagram. I had no idea how, what that even meant to market. I'd spent most of my life on the dance floor and then the gym floor. And so I was like, well, I've got to figure this out. And so every day I just started sharing um, what, what was in my heart and what had changed my life in hopes that it would, you know, give someone else that hope that they so needed to get out of a hard time. And over a year I had the between, between the time I got a publisher and the time my book was published, then I got a call from NBC and Megan Kelly wanted to interview me on the Today Show. And that was like the beginning of a journey that I never imagined because from that interview, I had book signings across the country. I was on the doctor's TV. I was on Hallmark and Good Morning La La Land. And I only share that not to be like, oh, this is so great. I share that because I had so many people say, oh, really? Who are you to write a book? You don't know how to write a book you're a fitness trainer. You've been a dancer your whole life. You, you don't even know how to do this. Good luck, whatever. I share that because if I can do it, if anyone's listening and they're thinking about writing a book, because statistics say that 81% of people say that they want to write a book, I'm saying, go for it. Write your story out. It's powerful writing is healing, whatever you, you know, your story is, you can write that out and you never know whose life you may change. I mean, the most rewarding part of my whole journey has been the messages that I get from people who reach out and say, I read your book and it changed my life because of you. I started working out again because of you. I went back to school because of you. I did not let my disease diagnosis define me. Instead, I define me. And so it has been so rewarding um, to connect with so many people from all over the world um, through my book. And so, um, yeah, write your story, you know, share your journey with others so they know that they can, through your experience, strength and hope can overcome or go after their dreams too. Such a beautiful story behind your book. And like you said, there are so many people are afraid to put themselves out there because they're afraid to be judged. And they really want to write something, but they actually are really afraid. But I'm glad. You know, we're always going to be judged. It's human nature. We're always going to be judged. And, you know, I had a friend call me so upset yesterday and she's like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm trying to make a difference and I'm sharing my story and I've had all these haters come out and I'm like, well, when you're, you know, creating, you know, you're sharing your stories, not everybody's going to like you, not everybody likes me. And the important thing is that you so believe in your message that no matter what somebody says, you're like, no, I know this works for me. I know this got me out of the darkest time of my life. And I know that it can help somebody too. And so I think when, you know, we're judged, it's like, it's, it's a lesson for us to go, okay, well, how much do I believe in my message? How much do I know that this will change someone's life for the better? And, but it is scary sometimes, you know, and, and, but, you know, I think the more we put ourselves out there and we do something scary, um, little by little, those small steps start to build our confidence and, and then we're able to do those things even more. I always say, do something that scares you anyway. I absolutely agree with you hundred percent. 
it's definitely always like the most true statement to get out of your comfort zone and that's the best because you get the best out of yourself and you can actually make a difference when you don't share anything with people you can't really make any difference yeah it's all about stepping out of your comfort zone that's where the magic happens yeah and how do you resilience and create more self-love Creating self-love, I think, you know, that, that word is thrown around a lot. And for me, I didn't love myself at all after my accident. I mean, I felt like I wasn't worthy. Um, I hated that the way I looked, I hated that my leg didn't work properly. I also felt like, how is my husband ever going to love me? How can I be the mom that my kids deserve when I can't even chase after them? I mean, my youngest daughter was only two years old when my accident happened. And my oldest daughter was going into high school and she was you know, I, I feel like she was embarrassed of the way that I was too. I mean, she, there was a back, you know, a, a mother daughter dance and she wanted me to be out of my wheelchair, which I under, I understand, you know, she was going into a new school and, and, you know, it, it was, it was a lot to deal with for her, for the family, for everyone around me. And, um, I think what really helped me to love myself again was, when I went into my doctor's office and I was going to ask him to just go ahead and cut my leg off. This is after he had, you know, they had done 34 surgeries to save it, but my leg was just giving me so much pain that I was like, I just need you to cut it off. I, I can't deal with the pain. And he put my leg in his lap. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, he's put my deformed scarred up leg on his nice white coat. And then something happened that changed the rest of my life. He looked at my leg like it was his masterpiece, like it was his work of art. I mean, he had saved my leg. He had done all hours and hours and hours of surgeries um, to save my leg. And the way he looked at it, like it was a masterpiece, I, I, I just burst into tears. And I, I thought, wow, if he can look at it like that, maybe I can learn to look at it like that too. And so after that, I just tried. I just tried every day to love it a little bit more. And then little by little, each day, I was able to accept my scars and look at them totally different. Instead of looking them, looking at my leg for all the things that it couldn't do for me, I looked at it with gratitude for all the things that it did do for me, that it allowed me to stand, that it eventually allowed me to chase after my daughter. And I looked at my scars as all the battles that I had won and all that I had overcome. And eventually I was able to even wear shorts again. I mean, I had a doctor tell me, oh, well, you'll never run again and you won't wear shorts again with all those scars. And it was so liberating and so freeing to actually wear shorts and be proud of the way that I looked, scars and all. And when we can let go of the shame, because shame is so heavy, it weighs us down. It's actually the lowest vibrational frequency of uh, feeling or emotion that, the, that we can have as humans. And when we can let go of that and be in acceptance and start to love ourselves, love is the highest vibration of all the energy and all the feelings that we have. 
our life starts to change. And so for me, self-love starts within. It's not just about self-love. Oh, I'm going to take a bubble bath or, oh, I'm going to go get a massage. It is really about being in acceptance and loving ourselves, flaws and all, and being able to step into the world for me and be an example of to my daughters of what a resilient, dignified woman can be, no matter what she looks like, to be like, yep, this is me. And you know, the thing is when when you show, you know, your your children how to love yourself, you teach them how to love themselves. And when you, you know, you set an example for others, what self-love is, you spread more love around and you show other women how to love themselves and, and that's contagious. And so I think that if we just start to love ourselves a little bit each day, and that means taking time to rest, and taking time to recover and listening to our body when, you know, when we're hurting, what is our body trying to tell us? What are our emotions trying to tell us? Uh, it's really self-love is, is loving ourselves enough to show ourselves that, that resilience by resting and recovering. Um, because for so long, I didn't do that. For so long, I just tried to suck it up and cowgirl up and just keep pulling up my bootstraps and pretend like everything was okay when inside I was dying. And so I think that self-love is being, you know, really grounded with who we are and taking small steps forward every day to try to love ourselves each and every day a little bit more. Oh, I love how you said it. And also, I feel like when we feel beautiful inside and we actually just think beautiful about ourselves, we're ready that and people actually look at us the same way. It's just like, oh, did you become hotter? Or No, I actually <laughs> start thinking about myself that I got hotter. <laughs> yeah, you know, I really think beauty comes from within. I think it starts from the inside out. I mean... I, when someone has a beautiful heart, it comes across, you feel their energy and you feel that love and they do become more beautiful. So I'm attracted to people's hearts. And then if they're gorgeous on the outside, then that is just, you know, that's bonus. That's just icing on the cake. But I think that beauty and self-love really does come from within. Yeah, it does. And how you said about energy, I'm very sensitive to people's energy. And sometimes my friends ask me, why you don't like that person? That person is such and such. I was like, I don't know, just something doesn't feel right about that person. So sometimes we don't like someone, but we don't know why. But it's just, I guess, their energy is something just yeah. at us. <laughs> yeah, I think that, you know, energy doesn't lie. You know, I feel like, you know, our gut knows the way. Sometimes if I don't know an answer, you know, like if I, I, somebody's asked me, oh, would you like to do this event? Or would you like to, uh, whatever it may be with a collaboration or um, a meeting with someone or whatever it may be. And I think it's really important to listen to our gut, what are, cause our guts don't lie. And, and, it, and it's a process of trusting our gut. Yeah. Our gut is always right. I, I noticed that too. If you feel lonely at times, how do you find your tribe? Um, I think that at one point in my life, I felt so lonely. Um, you know, I was really isolated with pain. I did not want people to know 
you know, how much I was really suffering. So on the outside, I was trying to hold it all together and trying to look strong and, you know, portray um, that I've got this, I'm okay, you know, I don't need help, I'm, I'm fine. But my world went from being really big and having, you know, this successful career and a big social life to really being alone and not, you know, being really depressed and not even having the energy to pick up the phone and call anyone. And I didn't, I didn't want to talk to anyone. I wanted to be in bed with the covers pulled up over my head all the time. And there came a point where I thought, if I don't do something about this, I am going to die in this bed. I am going to die here. And I think that, you know, we all have this light within us and sometimes it's barely a flicker and we have to find ways to keep that flame going. And I had just enough light left in me or energy to pick up the phone and call someone for help. And that changed my life. I think that when you can admit that you need help and then reach out and ask for help, it really strengthens the connection that you have with your loved ones or your friends, or sometimes that can be a perfect stranger that you meet on the internet that becomes a meaningful connection. And so I think that to build your tribe, it's really about reaching out and being of service to other people. And it's also sometimes reaching out and asking for help. But to really strengthen your community, it's it's a give and take. It's not always about taking. It's really being of service to others and being there to support your soul sisters, whatever that may be. I mean, for me, like I'm like I mentioned, I'm doing this challenge. I'm doing this challenge and everybody who's participating, I'm like, share your moves and your story and I'll share them on Instagram. And so it's a sense of community. Like we've got this together. We're doing this as a team. And when I've got hard days, I can, you know, talk to one of the, you know, one of my friends who maybe I'm having a hard time with uh, CRPS, a CRPS flare up, or maybe I'm having a hard time with just the overwhelm of social media and, and how much it takes as an entrepreneur to, you know, uh, develop my course on Kajabi or to keep, you know, like I have a podcast to keep those episodes going and promoting. And so maybe I need to reach out to my friend who's a podcaster and say, oh my gosh, I'm struggling right now. How are you doing on your podcast? And just reaching out to someone and being able to share your experience it really builds that bond and that connection with your community. So I would say, if you want to build your community, share your heart, share, share your struggles, not just your, you know, whatever it is that you're like, oh, you're on the cover of this magazine. That's great. But also share the process and how you got to get on that cover of that magazine. That's how I really built my community. Like on Instagram, for instance, I didn't just go, oh, here's my book. Like my community was built up through the whole process of me writing my book, getting a publisher. I shared the moment my books came in the mail and I opened my book with my community. And I had no idea how I was going to react to that. But the first time I saw my book, 
I cried and I couldn't stop saying, oh my God, oh my God. And I shared that with my community. So they know they're like, they're a part of it. They're my family. They're, you know, and so I think it's really important to build your community. You share your experience and you support and you share your why. I think it's so important to focus on your why, because if you want to be a leader um, and you can connect people to your why, like why, why I do this is because I know that these different tips and tools that I share can change someone's life. And for instance, I just got a message from someone on Instagram who was diagnosed with complex regional pain syndrome. And she was diagnosed two years ago and she had not moved her body in two years, literally had not even cleaned the kitchen. She had a doctor tell her that, well, you're, you have CRPS, you're disabled, you're not going to be able to do this, this, and this. And she stumbled across my Instagram where I was doing this challenge. And she thought, what the heck? This girl's got CRPS. I'm going to try to move. I'm going to try to move like her. So instead of looking at me as, oh, well, I can never do that. She thought, well, if she can do it, I can do it too. We are almost three weeks into the challenge. And she has moved her body for the first time every single day. In two years, she has not moved. And she is like in tears to me, leaving a message saying, you changed my life. I can move again. I can do this. And you were right that moving my body released endorphins and it's combating my pain. I'm in, I'm in less pain now. And so that to me is worth everything, just being able to make a difference in one person's life. So, and that's, you know, and she'll go on to change someone's life and the ripple effect starts. And when we can all share what we're going through to help other people, that's where we change the world for a better place. I agree. And absolutely, when we share and, and collaborating and supporting each other, it definitely creates community and makes us feel better. It makes difference to someone as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And how do you snap out of depression? Well, I don't know if you can snap out of it because <laughs> I sure didn't. It took a process of, I felt like I was literally climbing out of a dark hole of quicksand that was trying to suck me back in. And so I guess that's my best analogy of it. Um, it took every single day doing the work and being so willing to do anything that I could to get a better life. And, you know, I had every single doctor was like, well, you need to take antidepressants. You're going to need these antidepressants. Basically, you know, like who wouldn't be depressed if their life was completely turned upside down, you're going to need these drugs. And so for about three months or maybe a little longer than three months, I tried so many different antidepressants from, oh gosh, Cymbalta to, I don't even remember all the names of the medications. I mean, at one point I was on 73 homeopathic pills a day and 11 different prescription medications a day. And I was trying to take these antidepressants and I would throw up. My body just would just reject them. And I remember telling the doctor, I said, if I can just move my body, I know that I'll feel better. I know that I'll be okay. And so in the hospital bed, you know, I was confined to a hospital bed. And so there was not much I could do to move, but I had one of my coworkers bring me some little dumbbells to the hospital. And I started doing some 
you know, little bit of upper body weights in between surgeries. And I had the doctors install a pull-up bar over my bed so I could do pull-ups and, you know, nurses didn't have to work so hard to empty my bedpan. Like they would loved me on, on the orthopedic floor. Cause I was one of the few patients that could, you know, take care of my bedpan. I could use the bathroom on my own, which sounds kind of crazy, but it was very humbling to have to have somebody carry your bedpan for you. And so getting out of depression for me was doing things that made me feel better, doing things that made me feel like I had a purpose. And and I've had people go, well, what could you do when you were combined to a hospital bed? And I could still be of service. I made phone calls to clients to make sure that they were connected with another trainer who could meet their fitness goals. I was reaching out to clients, giving them their nutrition, you know, advice. I was even giving the nurses like exercise tips in the hospital on how to get a better booty. I was there for the nurses when they would come in tired and been on their feet all day and they could sit in a chair next to me and just unload the, you know, their emotions and what was going on with them. And so I noticed that being of service helped me having a purpose helped me moving my body helped me. And what really helped me shift my mindset was a gratitude practice. And so for me, that started by, I noticed every time I would, I would write down in my journal really. So I wouldn't forget to write thank you notes to people, people who had come to see me in the hospital or giving me flowers or brought me food, I would write down in my journal, you know, who to write a thank you note to. And I noticed that made me forget about looking at my leg that was held together with these steel rods and completely open and wondering whether or not today was the day they were going to amputate it or not. Instead, that that shifted my mindset to a place of gratitude of how grateful I am. I have all these people that are coming to see me in the hospital. And then how grateful I was to have a view from the hospital room. And so I've carried that gratitude practice over into my everyday life. And I still, every day, now I have accountability partner where I write down three things I'm grateful for. And I text my friend and we read, we both read out of either a spiritual or self-development book. And we take a screenshot of that and, and send that to, um, our friend. And let me just look and see what I wrote. Who knows what I wrote her this morning. I said, this morning, I'll read you what I wrote to my friend. I said, I'm so grateful for you. What a beautiful reading. She sent me her reading. I'm grateful for this cool morning and that I could ride my stationary bike in the garage. Grateful for sweet Ruby and that I overheard her talking to her teacher about me and that we have such a good relationship. Grateful for my sobriety and to wake up hangover free. Love you so much. I'll send you my reading now. So that's what I wrote to my accountability partner. That's so sweet. You know, and and that gets you in the right mindset each day to look at what you can do instead of what you can't do. And gratitude really turns what we don't have into what we do have. And so if anyone is listening and, and they're struggling with, you know, they're, they're sad or depressed, I know it's hard. I've been there. It is probably one of the hardest things I've ever done was to ask for help and then go get help. But it, it saved my life because I was suicidal at one point. And I was really thinking, well, you know, my mom, I mean, I'm a mom and I'm not a very good mom. I can't even, you know, take, take care of myself. How can I take care of my kids? 
they deserve more. My husband, this is, I'm not the woman that he married. He, he could find another wife. Those thoughts were going through my head and it was a moment. And I think that, you know, I, I prayed and God gave me enough strength to ask for help. And I think that if you're struggling and you're listening to this, don't give up. At, reach out to somebody. And if they can't help you, because you know what? The first person I reached out to said, yeah, yeah, I'm going to help you. And they couldn't help me. They couldn't be there for me. Don't let that stop you. Reach out to somebody else. Google it. Google has been my best friend. If I don't know something, I Google it, <laughs> you know? Um, and then you have to be willing to do the work. Nobody was going to walk for me. I had to learn to walk again by myself. Nobody could pull me out of my depression and out of my situation. I had to pull up my bootstraps and do it myself. So you have to be willing. You have to put in the work every day. And it might seem like a lot to have a gratitude practice and to move your body and to do affirmations and a short meditation, but it's worth it because it changes your life. I like how you said it. The journaling helped you as well. I think so too. Like journaling is very therapeutic and gratitude. Definitely. I try to wake up every day and say like what I'm thankful for and kind of concentrate on that because if we concentrate on what we don't have then we just upset ourselves and it doesn't exactly get us anywhere so gratitude is definitely important yeah and it's easy to do right especially if you wake up like i really do not recommend waking up and picking up your phone and scrolling through social media first thing because it's not healthy um you have to get grounded in gratitude and what your intentions are for the day and then open your social media because i guarantee you like i i want to do it i want to wake up and open up instagram and see what's going on and see you know but it's easy to get into that comparison game of, oh my God, you know, I only have this many followers and this person has over a hundred thousand followers or, or whatever it may be, or, oh, she, you know, her podcast is top 20 this week and mine didn't even hit the charts this week or whatever it may be. You know, if we just get grounded in what we're grateful for, what we have then we can be excited about what other people have. And we can look at that as, oh my God, that's amazing. They got top 20 in the podcast. That means then I can someday get there too. I just did a video on Instagram like yesterday and I know so many people were complaining and they were writing me that they're upset. Social media makes them sick sometimes. It is just such a red race and they said like it just makes them upset so I said in my video that you can go two routes on social media you can go and compare yourself and definitely make yourself feel bad or you can just admire those people and be happy for them and just collaborate with them and just know that they're not better than you because it's just your own perception it's only you think there might be better than you they're not you're all people and it's just by actually admiring them and studying their story of success, you can make, I mean, difference to yourself and you can actually benefit from that instead of looking at their profiles and thinking, oh, how bad and I'm not there. And it's just, I'm way below and just not the same. 
Exactly. And, you know, it's really having an abundant mindset. And the I, I feel like the people that are the most successful have an abundance mindset. And they know that there's enough success, enough love for everybody. And what's meant for you will find its way to you. You know, you just keep putting in the work. And, you know, I, I'm... I'm, you know, my book is called True Grit and Grace. And the grit part comes from, look, I was never the best dancer, but I would out train and my passion was so much. And I would go get those jobs because the people who would hire me would say, oh my God, that girl is a hard worker. She's fun to work with. She's got passion. She's got a good heart. I'll hire her, you know? So I think grit outdoes talent. It's just every day showing up. And, and to do that, that grit, I think you have to circle back around to what is your why? Why are you doing that? Why are you doing what you do? Because we aren't, we're not all going to be motivated every day. And it is hard. It's hard being an entrepreneur. It's not it's not for the weary. It's like, it's, it's a lot. It takes a lot of grit, but if we remember our why, and for me, my why for writing my book was never about, I want to sell a million copies and make a lot of money. My why was, I want to make a difference in one person's life. I want to show them that healing is possible, that joy is possible, despite, you know, when life doesn't go your way or things don't go as planned. And through sharing my, 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 my story and my experience, that's how I connected with people. And it's, for me, it's not about a competition. It is about collaboration and lifting each other up and supporting each other. And when you have that kind of mindset that, you know, that we're all, I mean, look, one of my girlfriend's who I just love. She's got a podcast called Passion Love Pursuit. Her name's Erica Lippy, and she just got the top 20 podcast. When I saw that she got that, I was so happy because I was like, oh my gosh, my girl just got top 20 podcast. I was like, if she can do it, I can get there too. You know, I was like, and I shared it in my story on Instagram. And I was like, and you know what? She interviewed on my podcast. She's got her own podcast. She shared her interview on her page and that's how it worked, man. We, we lift each other up. We, we share each other's successes and then we all can keep rising up. hundred percent. I think you can get further by collaborating and supporting each other than just by getting upset over someone's success. Exactly. And what helps you to stay motivated? Um, I really think staying motivated is about daily habits. And so, you know, when you have a habit of, for me, when I have a habit of a morning routine of, you know, doing my journaling, you know, writing down what my intentions are, um, reading from a spiritual book or self-development book, and then you know, writing down what I'm grateful for and texting my accountability partner, when I have those habits in place and then my, my habits are, I make time in my day to work out, then I don't need as much motivation because it's my habit. It's, I know that no matter what it's in my schedule, that this is the set time for me to work out. Now that may not be so easy at first. And that's why having accountability is important or, or having a coach or having a mentor or, or having 
um, a trainer or whoever that may be in your life that if you're not feeling motivated, you know that you're accountable and you've got to show up because you said you would. Um, but I really think that motivation for me also comes to serving my my bigger purpose, like focusing on my why, why I do what I do, and also setting a good example for my children. Um, and so that's where my motivation comes from. And I also believe that it comes from the people that you surround yourself with. And I don't just mean the people that are your friends. I mean, take a look. It's important to do an inventory of not just who you're hanging out with your close friends, but also who you follow on social media. Like, and if you're scrolling and someone doesn't make you feel good, if they're negative, if you know, they're, they're not inspired, then don't follow them. If you want to be motivated, if you want to be inspired, follow inspired, you know, inspirational and passionate and motivated people who get you fired up to listen to them, what they're saying on social media or what they're posting about that they're, you know, they're getting you pumped up and fired up. All those little things make a huge difference in your life. Yeah, I think so too. And you also do health coaching. And what services do you offer? Um, well, I have a mastermind that just ended, but we'll be starting up again. And you can find that on amberlylago.com. And I also have a resilient course. It's called Your Resilient Life. And it's a mind, body, spirit, life transformational course. And it takes you from, you know, despair to hope to, um, you know, being in shame to being confident to turning your pain to purpose, really transforming your life, mind, body, and spirit, because I believe that's what it takes. And so that starts up, you can find that on my website. And then for your listeners, I would love, you know, it's one thing to listen to a podcast and you're like, oh, that's, you know, yeah, I'm motivated, but it's another thing to really have something to help you along with your goals. And so I have a free downloadable um, course. It's called how to get through anything and thrive. And if you go to my Instagram at Amberly Lago motivation, you can find a link for that in my bio. Um, or you know what? I'd like to offer something else too. I mean, I love to give things. So if you text the word um, grit, I think you're, you're going to be able to get that. So if you text me, I'm, I love connecting with people. So you can text me at 818-214-7378. Just text the word grit and you can get your downloadable copy there as well. So you can either go to my website or just text me. Well, that's amazing. Great services you offer. And oh, thank you. Well, anything I can do, like I'm always trying to provide as many tips and resources, because I think we all need them right now. Anything that's going to help life get a little bit easier. Yeah, we do. Definitely. And what is your personal mantra? You know what I have written over my desk in my office and on my business cards and what my best friend tells me every time I'm about to go on a big stage or speak now at a virtual event and I'm nervous is you got this. Because I think if we can just say that to ourselves, if we have other people say that to us, it just helps us get through those difficult moments. I love it. You know, I do tell that to myself too. When I have like hard moments, I do tell to myself, you got this. And then it makes you feel better. Yeah. 
I think so too. So I have it like on my office wall, on my business cards. It's just a little reminder, like you got this. And then I also like to say, like I have like a little sticky note on my ring light. And, you know, I have that to remind me and it says feet on the ground, head to the sky, heart, open, mind, present. And that helps me to just remember, like to stay grounded, keep my heart open and try to just always remember to speak from my heart. So I really hope that what I shared today helped someone out there listening. And, you know, I encourage you to reach out to me. I answer all my DMs, um, all my emails. So, um, and thank you so much for having me on just to, I love following you on Instagram and I love listening to your podcast and it's just such an honor to be here. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so glad to hear that. And you have such an amazing story. Also, where can our listeners find you? What is your Instagram? It's Amberly Lago Motivation. Or if you want to follow my podcast, it's True Grit and Grace. Great. Thank you so much, Amberly. It was my honor as well. I'm so glad I invited you. Thank you so much. Thank you. And that was all for today, guys. Thank you so much for listening Not Basic Blonde podcast. Just to remind you, Not Basic Blonde podcast is available on all the major platforms with new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. And you can always DM me on Instagram. It's Not Basic Blonde underscore or NBB podcast. And of course, if you haven't, subscribe, rate and review Not Basic Blonde podcast on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much, guys. Have a wonderful day. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.